If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. Our chat today is with Dr Kirsten Jackson. Dr Kirsten Jackson is a vet. She studied veterinary. She's also an equine vet, which is why we're having her on the show. And she's also specialised in dentistry, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about how she's done that while we're on the show and um, hopefully talk to us about some problems and give us a little bit more information about potential problems our horse might have to do with their teeth and mouth and those sorts of areas. Now, how are you today, Kirsten? I'm very well. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. Oh, that's okay. Thanks for coming on. I think um, our listeners are going to appreciate your expertise in this area. I think it's really good of you to spend the time with us, so thank you. Yeah, no problem. Always happy to yeah spread the word on dentistry, something we're pretty <laughs> passionate about. <laughs> okay, now we normally have a favourite quote. Now, have you got something that you would normally say to someone, you know, just about horses' teeth, something that you say to yourself, something that's been a bit inspirational? Have you got anything at all like that? Oh, I don't know. Um, I've thrown you in I the mean, deep I, end, haven't I? Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, I don't know about a favourite quote, but I'd <laughs> certainly um, say that, you know, horses are very good at hiding pain. And so, you know, just because there's no pain doesn't mean or no, no signs doesn't necessarily mean there's not a problem. I think that's a really good tip for anyone as well. Yep. So thanks for that. Now, I'm sort of thinking about when you first started with horses, you know, your memories, experience, but putting it in, with was it at that stage that you wanted to be a vet because a lot of young girls want to be a vet you know they have a bit of an affinity with animals and all the relatives come around and go oh isn't she so good with animals she's going to be a vet not thinking that there's you know there's there's a lot more to being a vet than just liking animals um definitely yeah yeah. um yeah, no, I've actually I've actually got a video of me at the end of year twelve saying that I could never be a vet. Um, oh, really? Because I um I was wasn't sure that I'd be able to deal with putting animals down. Actually, mm-hmm. to be honest, I've always been pretty passionate about animal welfare, and um yeah, I knew that obviously at times that it's a part of the job having to euthanize animals, and I wasn't sure I'd be able to deal with that. And I um as I say, I was wasn't sure I'd be able to do it, and. I took a year off actually after high school um, and just trained horses actually for a year. Um, yeah, and just sort of really thought about what I wanted to do and whether I thought I would be able to sort of handle it and do it. And um, yeah, obviously came to the conclusion that the the one thing that I am really passionate about and have always been is animals. And you know, I just really had to do something that I could, you know, where I could sort of follow that passion. And, um, yeah, I guess it's sort of, uh, yeah, a good friend or colleague now, um, Dr. Warwick Vale, actually said to me, you know, the only people that ever make money out of horses are vets and farriers, so, you know, pick one of those. <laughs> and that was kind of, um, yeah, I don't know, I'd quite agree with that anymore, but it's, um, yeah, I think it's something where, yeah, it's 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 been a, you know, really, I'm very, very glad that I have done that and, and now it's sort of, I guess one of the great things about dentistry as well is that, you know, I'm, I'm not really euthanizing animals anymore. I haven't euthanized an animal in, oh, what, eight and a half years now, okay. um, yep. which is very nice. So I can sort of 
use that veterinary degree and then sort of you can sort of go off on in different areas of interest but it makes a really really strong foundation um, of knowledge to then sort of go go down the path that the other area where you're interested in so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and obviously an equine veterinarian because you had that background with horses rather than just the dogs and cats it's really the horses that you wanted to help yeah, I think going through vet school, everyone else, you know, people would always ask, you know, what sort of vet do you want to be? And for me, the question, you know, originally was more, you know, what sort of job with horses do I do I yes. want, you know, rather yes. than <laughs> what yes. type of vet do I want to be? So it was pretty, I was pretty sure from, you know, from the start that that was where I was I was going to end up. And yeah, I went straight into um, general equine practice from graduating um, mm-hmm. and then I went into dentistry after that. So yeah, no, I've always been, horses have always been a pretty mm-hmm. strong. I think, you know, the, the person person that told you about vets and farriers, I think I was told that as well. But I think the horse industry has expanded so much. You know, it really has. The last each decade, it just expands more and more and more. And there's so many people and so many areas within the horse industry, so many jobs within the horse industry. And you don't have to... Yeah, Which didn't exist a lot of, you know, a lot of the courses didn't exist 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, you're there, you're a vet, okay, and you, you're working with horses and you're an equine vet. Why dentistry? You know, was there something that you particularly liked about the, the dentistry or was there problem yeah. horses or, yeah, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah, I think if you told me, you know, before I started vet that I was going to end up in horse dentistry, I would have absolutely laughed at you. It was yep. certainly wasn't something that started off as an area of, of interest, but um, as I worked as a normal equine vet um, for two years, and we did quite a lot of dentistry within that, and I just started to notice, you know, I'd have horses coming in and, you know, we'd ask, I'd ask the owners, are they having any problems? Is there any signs of, you know, signs of any discomfort? And the owner said, no, no, everything's fine. You know, no problems riding wise, no problems eating. And you'd open the mouth and you'd see these horrific, you know, horrific ulcerations mm, or, you know, mm. fractured teeth, dead, infected abscess teeth. And the horses would just, you know, go on and just deal with that pain. And I think, again, having that background of you know the well, that real passion for animal welfare um i just saw it was an area that was really often ignored um and horses were often as they just forced to deal with this you know horrific pain because people can't because you can't see it i think that's the thing you know if a horse had a big wound anywhere else in the body you know you'd see it and you'd do something about it but they can have horrific wounds in their mouth and the owners can't see it and so they often go untreated and um so that was something where, as I say, I mean, I also just find it really fascinating and particularly as I've got more and more involved in it and I've done a lot of education over in Europe and, you know, we're doing some pretty cool stuff these days with mm-hmm. doing fillings and root canals I and know, all that sort of yeah, thing. So yeah. um, it's not just a matter of rasping off some sharp you know, sharp teeth anymore. Yes. And yes. Um, so it's it's sort of fascinating in itself. But as I say, I think for me, just that being able to make such a big impact on animal welfare by sort of highlighting and, and treating this, this hidden pain, mm-hmm. um, I, I sort of, I tell a lot of people, you know, like if you had a, if you had a toothache yourself, like, you know, would people, would your work colleagues necessarily know about it? Like, mm. you know, you'd still get on, you'd still go to work, you'd still do your job. Um, you know, you might just chew your food on the other side, but that doesn't mean it's not painful. And I think that's what, you know, so many horses, you know, are just constantly dealing with. And it's just really you know, rewarding to be able to, you know, do something about that and help these horses. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like within your practice, do you work with another vet? So say people might get another vet for all their normal horse health problems Mm. and then call you in as the equine dentistry specialist. Is that the way it works? 
Um, yes. I mean, so I, I don't do a lot of general equine veterinary stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm happy to advise clients and often while I'm there, you know, to do the teeth, they'll say, oh, can you have a quick look at this? Or what do you think about this skin lump or something? Um, and I'll often have a look, but if it's, you know, but I, I will usually send them back to their usual, to their normal veterinarian um, for most things. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's sort of, as I say, I mean, from for the last eight and a half years, you know, I've done a lot of continuing education, but it's pretty much all been in dentistry. So I have a very strong opinion that, you know, if if I'm, you know, I want the best thing for that horse. And if I'm not necessarily the best person for that horse or to to be able to sort of help that horse, then I'm more than happy to send it to, you know, to someone that, that is, you know, more, more, you know, sort of experienced in that area or more qualified in that area. So, um, so yeah, so, I mean, I, I say I do do a little bit of it, other, other veterinary sort of stuff, but, and obviously I'm trained in it and obviously worked as a normal horse vet for, you know, over two years, but, um, yeah, I say for, I'd, I'd always, the horse always comes first basically mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. it'll always do what, what I feel is best for that horse. So, um, yeah, so I know plenty of other, other equine veterinarians around that, um, I'm happy to sort of do the do the colics and the lamenesses. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Now you you talked, you know, among other things, the fact that you haven't put a horse down for a long time, but and you've <laughs> talked about lots of benefits. But if you're going to pick out one thing about the best thing about being an equine vet who specialises in dentistry, what would you say? Um, well, yeah, there are definitely a lot of a lot of benefits, and as I say, I the main thing for me is is I just find it fascinating, and it's. It's such. It's an area that is has grown in terms of research in like exponentially in the last ten years. Like ten, fifteen years ago, you would you would never see a, you know a journal article on equine dentistry, or very rarely. Whereas mm-hmm. now, you know, half of the equine veterinary journals are dentistry, and it's it's such an emerging field. And I find that really exciting that there is so much new information out there, and um, you know, being able to you know keep up to date and. Um, yeah, just that there is. There's always new things. There's always people trying new things. There's some guys in Europe that are extracting teeth and then sort of chopping the end off, doing a root canal and then re-implanting the wow. tooth inside wow. horses' mouths and all this sort of amazing stuff. And I just I find that yeah, I, I feel very privileged to be sort of in an industry where we can sort of be part of that. And um, uh, you yeah, sort of might talk about it later, but we're also doing research as well ourselves. Um, into a condition that's really common in Western Australia, um, a form of dental decay. And so, again, being able to contribute to that body of knowledge and being able to sort of help progress our knowledge and help more horses then internationally that, mm-hmm. you know, if we can f- figure out what's causing this condition and then be able to sort of help even more horses is is fantastic. So, um, I mean, that that is definitely the main thing that I – absolutely love about it um that the other i guess one of the other benefits is that horses don't tend to get toothaches at three o'clock in the morning so (laughs) (laughs) we don't tend to get quite so many um after hours calls and emergencies but you do get the odd fractured tooth that Mm -hmm. um you know certainly needs to be seen within you know seen pretty soon but um yeah even that can usually wait until the next day it's sort of um, yeah, so not too many calls at three o'clock in the morning. So definitely, <laughs> definitely a benefit. <laughs> okay, okay. Now tell me this, and I, it's almost like I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I'm sure there's lots of other people that don't know the answer. But um, do all horses need to get their horse done? And, and yeah, just tell us that. And because if they do need to get them done, what would be the signs of a problem if they're, you know, what would make it, yeah. or what what could people see if they needed to get them done? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically every horse should have their teeth done at least once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, younger horses, so le- younger than sort of six or seven, would usually say every six months because their teeth are quite um, soft, so they get worn down more quickly and get the sharp points more quickly. Um, 
and and again in the older horses like sort of over 20 would usually they often will end up needing to be seen sooner and or if there's problems we'll need to see them sooner um some signs that you might see um certainly eating wise you might see them dropping food or um sort of the chewed up balls of hay around the feed bins might be eating a bit more slowly or sometimes when you watch them eat they'll kind of stop and sort of stretch their jaw like they're trying to fish food out from with their tongue fish yep. food out from between their teeth um, and that can be a sign of periodontal disease which is where they have yeah food getting stuck between the teeth and that rots in there and causes a really nasty infection mm-hmm. um, so yeah so that's sort of some things you might see eating wise um, riding wise you might see some bit resistance or head tossing um, particularly when you're putting pressure on the contact um, you know it might be a bit of a head tilt or reluctance to go one way some of them can be quite um, you know, quite severe, you know, bolting, bucking, rearing, all sorts of things to try and get away from the pain. Um, I've even had one horse that um, just his whole temperament changed. He, he was all, he was sort of, I guess, a fairly assertive horse anyway, but um, basically started to become really aggressive and dangerous and the owners were actually considering euthanasia, um, but they hadn't had his teeth done for a few years and thought, oh, we'll just rule that out. And he had massive hooks at the back oh, of his dear. mouth that were cutting a huge hole in the roof of his mouth. Oh, so. No. Every time he closed his mouth, it was just literally, you know, cutting cutting a hole in his mouth. So um, we've, you know, reduced the hooks and he went back to being normal again. So just, you know, every every horse is different in the signs that they'll show you. And But I think probably the most important thing, you know, the, or the most common sign of dental disease is absolutely no sign at all. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, we need mm-hmm. to remember that horses are prey animals and they are really good at hiding pain. You know, if they're out in the wild and, you know, there's a wolf there and they're sort of sitting there not able, you know, sort of not chewing their food properly and losing weight and that sort of thing, um, you know, they're obviously going to get picked off pretty quickly. So they they deal to just, you know, learn to just deal with it and chew on the other side or, you know, compensate. Yeah. Um and, and will often it's often by the time they're showing signs it's often you know quite severe pathology going on there and the the idea I think the dentistry has changed a lot um, in that again you know ten years ago we used to almost you know grasp off a few sharp points you know and if there was a problem then we'd deal with it whereas you know it's so much more about preventative dentistry these days and doing mm-hmm. a really thorough examination so you know we sedate the horse so that we can have a proper look in there with a light and a mirror we look at every tooth and between every tooth because the signs of the most serious dental conditions um so things like a dead infected abscess tooth the yep. only thing that you will see in the mouth is literally like the dot the the tooth normally has sort of five brown dots on there and they'll be kind of like a dark brown almost black and that's literally the difference between a dead tooth and a live healthy tooth and okay. so you can imagine how easy it is to miss that if people are just sort of going in there and having a quick feel mm-hmm. with their fingers um, you know, you will not pick up and, and that's the sort of thing that dead infected abscess tooth will often end up, the infection can often burst into the sinus, you end up with a sinus infection, um, you know, and a lot more sort of serious complications. Whereas if we can do that thorough exam earlier and pick these things up and, you know, deal with it, do something about it, then we can often prevent um, these, you know, problems from becoming big problems. And same with periodontal disease. So when they have those, the, the gaps between the teeth and then food getting stuck in those gaps, if we get into onto it early, we clean out the food, we disinfect it, we often will pack antibiotics into the into the pockets um, and, and address the cause to try and figure out why the food's getting stuck in there, if it's got a big overgrowth opposite it or something like that, and we can treat that. 
that if we get onto it early, we can save, you know, so many more teeth, um, you know, whereas, again, 10 years ago, we just sort of ignore it and then wait until the tooth was loose and, and then have to, you know, pull out all the teeth. So, um, yeah, really nice these days that we can, you know, if we do that thorough exam, we pick up these problems early, yep. then we can prevent it. And it's also taking that pain away because periodontal disease um, is, is a very painful condition as well. So if we can treat it, you know, obviously make the horse happier and healthier, but also preventing them from, you know, losing their teeth early so we can hopefully keep them with a good mouth up, you know, well into their 20s, if mm -hmm. not later, well, if not 30s. So, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. I'm just thinking then if we can't see the signs, we've really got to write that in our diary or calendar or something. And just when you come out, then go, right, it's either six months or 12 months. And it's just something exactly. that we've got to be thinking of in advance. Oh, right, next month, I've got to um, get my horse's teeth checked. Yeah, yeah. We usually book people in at the time for the next appointment. <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah. probably good. You know, it's good business sense, but it's good equine welfare sense as well. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, and yeah. And, it, and also sort of peace of mind. Otherwise, if your horse, you know, if you're doing your dressage test and your horse is throwing their head around, you're going to be sort of thinking, oh, you know, could it be the teeth? Whereas, yes. if you know, no, they've been regularly done. We, we know that that's, you know, and you've had a good look and a feeling there yourself. I think that's yep. the other side of it is, you know, make sure that whoever you're using, you know, just, just ask if you can have a good look in there. And mm -hmm. I say it's amazing what you can see. Um, yes. With a good light and, you know, a sedated horse and a good speculum, you know, you should be able to see all of the teeth back there. You should be able to see all of the all of the oral structures to so the cheeks and the tongue and, um, you know, and as I say, and really need to get in there with a mirror so we can really closely examine the teeth and between the teeth to find those problems. And, you know, if you've got a, a good, um, you know, dental dental technician, dental vet, um, then, you know, they should, you know, be, should be able to show you this and, and let you have a feel and all that sort of thing. And I think if you can get involved, um, it really sort of it helps you understand what's going on. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. So if someone, you know, just say, even to your younger self, you know, you're at uh, school and you just thought, I'm never going to be a vet or, you know, what would you say if someone, if you said, I want to get into the industry, but I'm just not sure how, is it a matter of just simply going to uni, being a vet and then doing some post-grad work or, or have you got particular advice for someone who'd like to get into this area of um, the horse industry? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think definitely investing in you know quality education is is definitely you know a really good idea. Um, you know, I think that that yeah can can make a you know, a big difference. There are you know everyone sort of wants to work in an area that they're passionate about. Um, and and you know, so I think you sort of need uh, yeah it's it's worth spending the time on a you know on a good quality um, you know course for a quality education to you know really sort of give you that sort of head start. And as I say for me certainly the veterinary you know having that veterinary background has just made such a difference. And I, it really does give you just a much more in depth idea of what's going on. I mean you sort of learn everything from you know, sort of biochemical level through to the cell level, through to the body systems level, and then the sort of whole body as a whole. And, you know, it just really gives you a much better understanding of, of what's sort of going on um, in there and, and can really help because a lot of the time things aren't 
um, sort of isolated, you know, that, that you know, a problem in one area may show up in other areas as well. And I think mm-hmm. having that that sort of really good education, that strong background behind you is, is definitely really um, a really good thing. Yep. And yep. I think, yep. yeah, I'd also sort of recommend to people just like you never stop learning and always keep an open mind. You know, there are, there are a lot of people out there that have, you know, have a lot of experience and might sometimes the words of wisdom might come from the most unexpected sort of, you know, person or unexpected person. Um, sort of area and I think yeah always keep keep an open mind and keep you know never never stop learning but I think having a good solid base to start from is is definitely you know it will really sort of help you help propel you in the in the industry yeah yeah and I think that just generally goes right across the industry doesn't it you know mm. it's because um if you can come out of school everyone wants to come out of school and just become the top rider or the top person <laughs> exactly. or whatever but you've got to start there and the other thing is too you know you get the education and the qualifications and uh, as an yeah. employer if there's two people and you're not quite sure which one you go well I'm going to get the one with it's not just having the qualifications but it's the personality type that's gone out there, got the qualifications, yeah. they're the ones that are more open-minded, more ready for progress, more yeah. ready to do something for themselves. So it's sort of showing your employer that that's the type of person you are. You're ready to put yourself out there and learn more. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, definitely. I think it is it's very, very, very important to, yeah, Get out, get out there, and and yeah, learn and, and just sort of yeah, look look into the into the places where you're learning from, and make sure that it's reputable, and mm-hmm. yeah, just get mm-hmm. out there and yeah, learn learn some learn from quality quality places. <laughs> Good, good. I'm glad you said that because, you know, we sort of go back to the RTO that we, I suppose, provides all the sponsorship for Horse Chat. So, um, you know, that's sort of a good recommendation for people there as well. All right. Now, tell us you've been doing some research. Tell us about the research. You know, like you've already said, you really like the quality education. You really like having an open mind and um, expanding your ideas. But what particular research are you doing? Why did you start it? And uh, tell us a bit more about it. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I actually kind of fell into this research project. I um, basically have a, a huge problem with a condition called peripheral caries or basically tooth decay in Western Australia. And my own horse actually has had it. He's well, he had it. I've I've had him since he was five, and he's now twenty four. So, mm-hmm. um, had him. At, but growing up, you know, I just kept getting told he's just got terrible teeth. Just got genetically really bad teeth. You know, we don't know what it is. You know, basically, there's not nothing we can do about it. And um, then when I sort of got into dentistry, obviously I was doing his teeth, and I, you know, the more horses that I saw, it was just such a common condition. I, like in the research, where the prevalence has come out, come out at almost sixty percent. So when you're seeing a condition in sixty percent of your patients and you have wow. no idea what's wow. causing it, yep. um, is very frustrating, and especially mm. as a veterinarian. Um, you know, not being able to really treat or, you know, help your patients was was really awful. So um, I actually just contacted a friend of a friend who was a human dentist mm-hmm. um, and I just literally just said, oh, look, you know, we've got this huge problem, sent them some photos, said, you know, what do you think this could be? Um, and he said, well, actually, um, well, he didn't say it, but he's actually turned out that he's like the head of research in dentist, oh, wow. you know, his <laughs> dental research um, you know, organisation at UWA and said, well, why don't you find out? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And so 
That was, yeah, how it all started. And um, so basically we did a survey um, of 500 horses trying to look for risk factors for the condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and we looked at everything. You know, we went from, um, you know, management, so, you know, even down to like riding regime or what discipline they did, obviously, you know, signalments, so age and breed and gender, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously looked at diet in a huge amount of detail, also sort of, the, you know, how they were living, you know, did they have access to pasture and grazing and that sort of thing. Yeah. And what, you know, even soil type, pasture type, you know, water source, all sorts of things, just try and think of anything and everything that could possibly be related. And, um, yeah, and we did come come with some quite interesting results. So um, we found that um, breed was significant. So thoroughbreds were significantly more likely to have peripheral carriers than Western breeds and warm bloods. Um, the hay source was also highly significant. Okay. Um, so horses on oat and hay were almost three times more likely wow. to have peripheral carriers than those not on oat and hay. Um, and those on meadow hay were less than half as likely. Um, and we're now sort of going beyond that and trying to sort of figure out, well, what, what is it in the hay? And we, we believe it's to do with the sugar content that oat and hay has quite a high level of um, water soluble carbohydrate or basically sugar in it, and we believe that's likely the problem. So we're trying to sort of look further into that at the moment. But anyway, <laughs> um, the, the water source was also significant. So horses on boar water were actually least likely, which was okay. interesting. Yep. Um, and then followed by skein water and then rainwater and then dam water. Um, and we sort of looked into that, and it turns out rainwater is actually quite acidic. Um, so, yeah, like the, the critical pH where you know, horses' teeth are cementing on the outside layer of horses' teeth will start to decay is only um, 6.7, and like neutral is 7. So it doesn't need to be very acidic at all before we'll start to, you know, get some decay. And I think the average um, pH of Perth rainwater was about 5.9. So okay. if you extracted a tooth and put it in Perth rainwater, it would likely decay, which I found a bit scary. But anyway. Yeah. Um, And the other thing that was significant was access to pasture. So horses that had access to significant pasture for most or all of the year, so I think it was more than eight months of the year, were significantly less likely to have peripheral carriers than those with minimal or no grazing. So Mm -hmm. grazing was was a good thing, basically. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then we're currently uh, sort of looking at, we're doing another study that actually just got back. It's almost hopefully going to, will be published soon. Looking at sort of looking at it histologically, so from a microscopic level, at what's actually going on in the teeth, and it's been really interesting because the condition it sort of just affects the part of the tooth that's in the mouth at the time. So the part of the tooth below the gum is normal, and that's sort of I guess what's really exciting with this condition is that if we can figure out what's causing it and we can take away that cause, yep. um, then it'll actually grow out, and actually these horses can actually recover, which is, you know, I say really exciting, and we've managed to achieve that in sort of dozens of cases now. So um, that's that's pretty cool going from, you know, 10 years ago when we literally had no idea what was causing this and we just had to tell people, sorry, your horse just has bad teeth, mm-hmm. through to now being able to actually see these horses go back. And you can literally watch it growing out. You know, we go back every six months and you can see, you know, another sort of couple of oh, mils, wow. healthy yeah. tooth at the gum line just yep. starting to grow down. So. Um, yeah, because their teeth keep erupting, we're we're very lucky in horses that um, yeah we can actually you know pr- you know cure this basically. So That's yeah, good. it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, wow! If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. The other thing, and I'd like you to come back and talk to us about it a bit more, the volunteer work that you do. 
because I think that itself is going to be, you know, a, a really good podcast. I think that it's quite interesting, but it's also interesting what you do, what other vets do, what people can do to help. But just briefly tell us, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So um, as I say, animal welfare has always been pretty central to, you know, what I do. And um, yeah, sort of uh, long story, but it basically ended up, um, yeah, going to to the Gili Islands in Indonesia mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, um, helping the horses there. So I've been going every year since 2014. I unfortunately didn't go this year because I've just had a little bub a few weeks oh, ago. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, every year um, we go and, um, yeah, so we basically just run free veterinary clinics um, and we also have farriers there as well to do their feet. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's really nice to actually see the difference too. So as I've been going there for quite a few years and when we first went there, they were all, you know, in pretty poor condition. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, they didn't, they don't give them water. Um, they sort of used to just mix this sort of salty, brackish well water in mm-hmm. with the feed. Yep. Um, and because it was quite salty, it would then, you know, basically destroy the liver and kidneys. And these ponies would only ever last a couple of years before they, you know, um, mm-hmm. be in deep trouble. So, um, yeah, the, there's some wonderful people on the island um, the Gilly Eco Trust has also been um, sort of organising, you know, they've been putting water, like fresh water, running fresh water to the stables um, so that the ponies are getting proper water. And, um, and as I say, through, through the clinics and education, and we sort of talk to the drivers, obviously, um, and explain, you know, how to sort of look after the ponies. Um, the other big, the main sort of cause, I guess, of most of the injuries um, is actually from the gear. Um, their version of a bit is often, you know, a piece of twisted wire or a piece of rope and bits of baler twine, um, pieces of pipe, you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are very sharp and cause some really you know, lip lacerations. Uh, just obviously when the, the drives are also very rough um, with the pony's mouth and it just, just slices the lips apart. So it's pretty awful. Um, and so, yeah, so we, we take a lot of donations of um, bits there and you know, to replace the awful bits. Yeah. Um, also, when the when the leather breaks, they um, repair it with nails. Um, <gasps> so you basically okay. have these nails sticking straight oh, out into the pony's sides. Wow. wow. Pretty, yeah, pretty awful. So, we, yeah. And, and is it that they just don't know? And, of course, you know, without having the money to, to repair things properly, but is it just lack of knowledge? Is that all it is? Yeah, I think it's it's a bit of both, and it depends because there's obviously a lot of drivers and there's so there's a lot of variation. A, a lot of it, I think, is education, and that's where I think it really is starting to make a difference now. And I certainly am starting. You know, we are starting to see a big improvement over there. You know, just through constant education. Yep. Um, and and then yeah, some some of them, some of the drivers are really lovely and really care about their ponies. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I've had had one that had a skin condition, and I sort of said, oh look, um, you know, this is going to need, you know, we need to put on antibiotics for you know for a good few days, and you know, keep you know clean it every day. I said, look, you know, uh, we'd actually finished the clinic, but I said, oh look, just you know, I'm still here for a couple of days. Just come come in the morning, and we'll, we'll treat him in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, you know, just come about eight o'clock. And every morning he was there at seven thirty. Oh and, wow. You know, I'd sort of be rushing through my breakfast and say, no, no, you enjoy your breakfast, you know, no, oh, wait, that's fine. And, yeah. you know, just so lovely, like really, really cared about his pony and, you know, would do anything for it. Um, but there is obviously the other side as well and there's plenty of drivers that I think pretty much just come for the free gear because <laughs> we obviously do bring quite a lot of donations yep. um, and, you know, they really, you know, don't, don't care about the ponies. Although, as I say, I think that is 
it's getting a lot less and a lot better. The, the first year I went, um, literally probably less than half of the owners actually brought the ponies to the clinic. Like we, we would even go around, we kept, kept going around to the stables and asking the drivers permission to be able to treat their ponies mm. and a lot of them wouldn't even let us wow. treat the ponies. Like, wow. And that's, you know, that's pretty awful when you're like, I'm a vet and I've spent like, you know, <laughs> thousands of dollars to come here of my mm. own money mm. to, to help your pony and you won't even let me treat your pony like – that's yeah that was quite hard but as I say that's that's changed hugely and I don't think you know there's pretty much now all the ponies come there's very few that don't come to the clinic you know on their own and um yeah so it's really it is it's quite different and I think again just through through the years of the education and just we always try and keep it really positive you know we don't sort of yell at the drivers for doing the wrong thing you know we sort of say look you know just thanks so much for coming and you know show them what you know what the problems are and how we can help but as I say not uh, trying to keep it in a positive and friendly sort of um, atmosphere so they're happy to come back the next year yeah 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 and I think people at this stage can, um, you know, find out more about that project on your website. Well, now, tell us the name of your website. Uh, yeah, so just DentalVet, so dentalvet.com.au. Okay, so I think if you want to find out a bit more about that project, but hopefully we've got uh, Kirsten will come back and, and tell us a bit more and tell us a bit more about the work that they're doing. Yeah, 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 I no think problem. really good. And and not just the work that you're doing, you know, but what other vets are doing in other countries as well would be really yeah, interesting, I think. Yeah, because yeah. we, we do also, so I'm also a committee member on Animal Aid Abroad, mm-hmm. um, which is a charity that sort of got me involved in the Gilly Ponies. And um, through that, I also, um, you know, then will sort of often give advice to, because they run projects all around the world. And um, so we have vets from India and Tanzania and all sorts of places that will, you know, message we've got you know whatsapp groups for them all and then if they've got any difficult cases they can message them through and i'm happy to advise them and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. yeah it's nice if we can sort of help help out a bit that way as well and yeah just more horses and donkeys and camels <laughs> that we can help the better <laughs> all right now your contact details are going to be on horsechats.com slash kirsten jackson or just search for kirsten or search for jackson but if anyone else would like the contact details for Dr. Kirsten Jackson, what have you got now that you can tell them? Have you got a phone number or an email or something, or should they just go to your website, which is dentalvet.com.au? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the website. Otherwise, the Facebook page. Um, okay. we, it's been a little bit dormant for a little while, so I've just had a bump, but um, I'll be heading back to work in January, so it'll certainly be um, revving up again then. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just dental vet again so just if you just google in dental vet oh sorry type in dental vet um and you'll see the picture of the cartoon horse um and that's our, with a our huge logo. smiley face hasn't yeah. it? it's got a lovely big smiley face with lots of beautiful white straight teeth they look gorgeous yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um so yeah so that's that's probably um yeah so the facebook page we, we try to keep that you know quite up to date and put a lot of interesting cases and things on there so mm-hmm. um for people, yeah, if, you, if you're interested, um, it's, it is, we try to keep it sort of quite educational for people. Yep. Um, so that's definitely a good place. Um, otherwise, email just um, Kirsten, so K I R S T E N at dentalvet.com.au is the, the email address. Perfect. Now, do you travel out to any other places besides Western Australia? Do you go to any of the other states? You go to Gillies Island, but uh, and you speak overseas. Have you got any plans to travel overseas in the next twelve months or two years? Um, I mean, I 
do we do travel to I've traveled to Europe at least sort of yeah pretty much every year or so for the last sort of five years um you know just for continuing education um there's you know there's a lot of wonderful veterinary dentists in Australia um but yeah they're doing some pretty cool stuff over in Europe and um yeah sort of really pushing the boundaries of what you know what we're able to do so um certainly travelled over to Europe for, for education and they, they run quite, you know, good courses and things over there. Um, but, I, yeah, probably not to sort of live or, you know, work over there, I guess. I'm pretty pretty happy in <laughs> WA and pretty, um, you know, we get a bit booked up too with work in WA. So okay, <laughs> um, a bit hard to sort of, yeah, to go overseas. But, um, yeah, and I mean, I, I don't travel interstate, but there's lots of other vet, excellent veterinary dentists interstate. So okay. if people, um, yeah, if you've got a, a dentistry question, feel free to message us at Dental Vet and um, we can, um, yeah, if, if I can't help you, then I can certainly recommend, I'm sure I'll be able to recommend some people in your area um, that will be able to help you. Okay, then wonderful to talk to you, Kirsten. Thank you very much for your time and um, we'll talk to you again sometime soon. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses, or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.